0: A Bible, let's go to Isaiah chapter 22 tonight. We're going to begin there. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 19 through 24. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 19. Isaías capítulo 22, verse 19. Commenzando ahí. We begin there tonight. Then we're going to go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Luego vamos a ir a San Lucas, capítulo 1. What does the scripture say? But I will depose you from your office, and I will pull you down from your station. Then it will come about in that day that I will summon my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, And I will clothe him with your tunic and tie your sash securely upon him, and I will entrust him with your authority, and he will become a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Then I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut, and when he shuts, no one will open. And I will drive him like a peg in a firm place, and he will become a throne of glory to his father's house. And then Isaiah chapter, pardon, Luke chapter 1, and we'll begin at verse 18. Zacharias said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Father, we thank you tonight for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray the anointing of the Spirit will rest upon me and receive that anointing to preach your word tonight. And I pray you will anoint the hearing of this congregation that they might hear the word also and put it into use in their lives. We ask this in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen, you may be. Have you ever lost your keys? Every day somebody said. ¿Cuántos han perdido las llaves? When you lose your keys, it creates problems, doesn't it? Cuando perdemos las llaves, crea problemas. Usually, uh, we don't realize we lost the keys until we need the keys. Normalmente no notamos que hemos perdido las llaves hasta que las necesitamos. And Lord help us when we need them and can't find them. Because sometimes the loss of keys creates delays. A veces la, la pérdida de llaves crea o forma uh, delatos en nuestro tiempo, a pérdida de tiempo en nuestra vida. And tonight I want to uh, share with you just a few moments before I get to the uh, substance of this message out of Isaiah, uh, I want to share with you from Isaiah before we go to Luke, because God wants you to know uh, as we begin to prepare our hearts uh, for a new year, and as we begin to venture into what the Lord will say to us in this in this season of preparation, before before we uh, enter into this new year, there are some things the Lord wants us to know, and some things that He wants our heart. To be aware of, and the first thing that you need to be aware of and need to know, and you're gonna to have to receive these things by faith tonight as I share them with you, is that God wants to entrust you with some powerful keys. There are some doors that are going to be unlocked in the year 2020. And those doors are going to be unlocked by the people of God. Hay puertas que van a ser abiertas en este año 2020 que viene. Y estas puertas serán abiertas por el pueblo de Dios. So you cannot afford to lose your keys. Usted no uh, tiene el lujo de perder las llaves. I shared with you this morning about Sarah. Le compartí esta mañana sobre Sara, uh, la cual cuando ella comenzó a hablar, when she began to speak in agreement with God, things began to change in her home. Cuando ella comenzó a hablar conforme la voluntad de Dios, uh, cosas comenzaron a cambiar en su vida. And tonight I want to talk about the key of the word. Esta noche yo quiero hablar sobre la llave de la palabra. There is a key, there are a set of keys we're going to be talking about. Hay una serie de llaves de la cual vamos a hablar. Y esta noche vamos a hablar sobre la llave que está en nuestra boca. I want to speak tonight about the key that is in your mouth. Now before we get to that, just understand with me what we read in the book of Isaiah. God speaks to the treasurer of the city of Jerusalem and of the kingdom of Israel. En este pasaje que hemos leído, Dios habla al tesorero de la nación de Israel. Le habla a, a el tesorero de la ciudad de Jerusalén. This man had keys to the treasury. Este hombre tenía llaves a la tesorería de el reino de Israel. And you know, back in the day of, of Israel, and uh, even up until very recently in human history, treasuries were actually treasuries. You'd walk in and there were bags of gold. There were uh, treasures of fine silver and precious stones. So those keys were very significant uh, to be able to enter into the treasury. Poder entrar a la tesorería no era como el día de hoy cuando por la mayoría de las veces la tesorería es una... Una, una cuenta digital en esos días era una realidad era una un tesoro de oro de plata y de piedras preciosas And God speaks to the treasurer of the nation of Israel and he says I am going to take you out of office Dios le dice al tesorero de Israel te voy a quitar de tu puesto I am going to dis- depose you from your office. I am going to remove you from the place of holding the keys. Te voy a quitar las llaves. And uh, he said, because you have, you have not honored me, porque no me has honrado. Uh, because he had a, a God had a contention with this man. Dios tenía un problema con este hombre, por lo cuanto le quitó las llaves. And he said, I'm going to raise up a new man. I'm going to raise up a man that will honor me. A man that will trust me when I speak. That will believe me when I speak. And he said, to him, I will give the keys of the kingdom. He said, I will set on him the key of David. And when he speaks, or oh pardon, when he opens the door, no one will be able to shut it. And when he shuts the door, no one will be able to open it. And so we see tonight as we read about this man that this was not only a historical personality that God was speaking about, but it was a messianic prophecy. This was a, a declaration about a historical figure that was to come on the scene of Jewish and American and world history, and this figure would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Estas palabras eran una profecía del Messias. Se relataban a un hombre en esa época, pero también tenían su significado en la historia judía y en la historia del mundo, en el nacimiento de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Can I tell you tonight, there is one who has a key to the treasury of heaven. And when he opens a door, no man can shut it. Say amen, somebody. Hay quien tiene la llave del reino de Dios. Y cuando él abre la puerta, nadie la puede cerrar. And when he shuts a door, no one can open it. Cuando él abre y cierra una puerta, nadie la puede cerrar. Y él la, cierra, nadie la puede abrir. I'm talking about Jesus tonight. Yo estoy hablando de Jesús. Jesus is the one who has the keys. Jesús es el que tiene las llaves. Listen, there are some doors that Jesus has closed in your life. Hay puertas que Jesús ha cerrado en tus vidas, en su vida. He has closed the door to your past. Él ha cerrado la puerta a tu He's closed the door to sin and, and shame from your past. And guess cerrado la puerta de el pecado y de la, el, la vergüenza del pasado. And guess what? the devil himself can't reopen that door. Satanás no puede abrir esa puerta. "Amen somebody." He has opened some doors in your life. How many of you know God has opened some doors in your life? Él ha abierto puertas en su vida. Y esas puertas son puertas de gran importancia. Puertas que son oportunidad para servir a Dios. He's opened the door so that you can serve the Lord. He's opened doors so that you can enter in to the presence of God. He is to open the door so that you can receive the provisions of God in your life. And guess what? Nobody can shut that door. When you come into the presence of God and the devil tries to tell you you're not worthy, you can't go in, you can't have it, you tell him, be quiet devil. This belongs to me. This door is open and no man can shut it. Come on somebody. I'm talking about Jesus and the finished work of the cross. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Bible tells us that God has given to us these keys. Estas llaves se nos han dado a nosotros. And many in the church have lost access to the keys. Now Jesus said this way, he said, fear not little sheep, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesús le dijo a los discípulos, no temas, uh, rebaño mío, pequeño rebaño, porque es el placer del Padre darte las llaves del reino, o darte el reino. Este reino, el cual Dios ha entregado a nosotros, y nos ha dado autoridad en ello, God has given us authority, and he has given us keys of authority in the kingdom of God. And so tonight, I want to challenge you because many in the church have lost their keys. Muchos en la iglesia han perdido las llaves. And they find themselves on the outside looking in. Se encuentran afuera mirando hacia adentro. And they find themselves wishing that they could obtain the things that God has spoken Many times when you lose access to the keys, then you have to break in. Have you ever had to break into your own house? ¿A You see, keys make it a whole lot easier to receive what you need. Listen, God never intended for you and I to receive things from the kingdom of God by struggle and toil and labor. he he expects that you and I will receive victory in the kingdom of God by walking in faith say amen somebody by using the keys that he had given to us Dios nunca diseño que usted y yo tuviéramos que entrar al reino a fuerza y recibir los milagros y las provisiones que necesitamos a fuerza sino que nos ha dado llaves y si usamos la llave entramos Si no usamos la llave, tenemos que entrar por gran esfuerzo. And I think tonight it's important because many of you are struggling for something that's already yours. Muchos están peleando por algo que ya es de ellos. Queriendo abrir ventanas cuando la puerta está abierta. Trying to break through a window when the door is open. Come on, somebody. And the reason why is because you've lost your keys. Tonight I want to talk about the key of your mouth, the key of the word. Listen, when you uh, study the Hebrew uh, year in which we are and the year 2020, you start to see something uh, in the in the uh, meaning, the prophetic meaning of this new year that we are entered into and are entering into. And that is that this new year has the number 80 in Hebrew. The year we're in is 5780. And the number 80 in uh, in, in, in Hebrew letters is the letter Pe, which looks like a mouth. And uh, that, that's an important thing for us to consider because uh, God seems to be saying that in this year, that you and I are about to enter into, that your mouth is going to be key. So I want you to say that with me. My mouth is key. Now that's always been true. Because the Bible said there's power of life and death in your mouth. La Biblia nos dice que hay poder de vida y muerte en nuestra boca. So tonight is about alignment. Tonight is about putting your mouth like Sarah did, and putting it in agreement with God. Esta noche, Dios quiere alinear tu boca para estar de acuerdo con Dios. And so, this key is so vital, so important to us, because your mouth can keep you out of the promised land and out of the provisions of God, or your mouth can bring you in. Your mouth is a key that can open the door or shut a door. Su boca es una llave. Y esa llave puede cerrar puertas o abrir puertas. Puede crear oportunidades o destruir oportunidades. And so it is very important that you and I, as we begin to uh, go toward this new year, that we be thinking about where is my mouth and how am I using the key of the Word so that I can accomplish the purpose and will of God. Listen to this story of Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest in the temple. And from time to time, they would would cast lots or or they would draw straws, if you might understand that. And from time to time, you would get picked to go into the holy place. If you were a priest, this was a high honor. This was not something you got to do all the time. It was something you got to do if God said so. And Zechariah drew the straw. Zechariah was called into the presence of God. Zacarias era sacerdote en el templo en Jerusalén. Y de vez en cuando al sacerdote, a uno de los sacerdotes le tocaba entrar al lugar santo. They didn't go into the holy of holies. That was the holiest place. That belonged exclusively to the high priest. And that belonged once a year only. Él no podía entrar al lugar santísimo porque eso le pertenecía al sumo sacerdote y eso solamente una vez al año se entraba. Pero al lugar santo se podía entrar una vez al día si eras el sacerdote escogido. But you could go into the holy place once a day and that was if you were the priest who drew the straw. If the lot had fallen to you. Well the day came when when uh Zechariah was chosen. Llegó el día de Zacarías para que él entrara al lugar santísimo. I don't know if this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. It probably was. Quizá esta era una oportunidad de vida que quizá nomás se ocurría una o dos veces en su vida. And so his opportunity came. Vino su oportunidad. Vino el momento para él poder entrar al lugar santísimo. He had the chance to go into the holy place. Listen, there are only 365 opportunities in a year to go into the holy place. And uh, you were only a priest for about 25 or 30 years. So you had better get your chance when you got it. Say amen, somebody. And uh, you know, you better be ready when your opportunity comes. Have you ever missed an opportunity? Have you ever been a day late and a dollar short? Well, Zechariah is about to have a divine opportunity, and he goes into the holy place, and what's he going to see? Well, he's going to see the table of shoe bread. There's going to be a, a table with 12 loaves, a bread which represent the 12 tribes of Israel, and these are the bread of face, the opportunity to go face-to-face with God. And then he's going to see the candelabra, the the lampstand with seven branches, which represents the perfection of the light of revelation that is in Christ. And he is going to be able to come in and see this glorious light that is in the presence of God. And then there is the altar of incense, and that is the place of prayer. And he's going to lay upon that altar incense before God. Él va a entrar al lugar santísimo para ofrecer incenso hacia Jehová en adoración. And while he is in the holy place, mientras él está en el lugar santo, dice la Escritura, que se le apareció el ángel Gabriel. The Bible tells us that the angel Gabriel appeared to him. And when the angel Gabriel appeared to him, he appeared to him with a message. And the message was, you are going to have a son and uh, you're going to be uh you're going to be cradling the forerunner of the Messiah el ángel vino a él y le dijo vas a tener un hijo y este hijo será el que irá adelante del mesías Luke chapter 1 and verse Verse 12 says Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. And the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he is yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God, and he will also go as a forerunner before him in the Spirit. And the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make many ready... To prepare them for the Lord. And you can just imagine that Zechariah has just heard this incredible prophecy. Listen to it. First of all, he is given the opportunity. Then he is given the answer to his prayer. And this this is a a long-awaited prayer. He wanted a son. And he had not been able to have a son. And now he's an old man. And his wife has gone into advanced age. And the Lord says to him, your prayer has been answered. And God's going to give you a son. And he will be great in the sight of God. This is going to be a man that God is going to recognize. This is going to be a man that God is going to honor. How many of you would like to be a person that God honors? A person that God recognizes? Now listen. This is an opportunity he's been waiting for. Is the prayer he's been praying, and is the promise from the Old Testament. Because he is the fulfillment of the final prophecy of the book of Malachi. The book of Malachi, the Old Testament, closes with this prophecy that a man would come in the power of Elijah, who would turn the hearts of the fathers back to their sons. And God says that prophet was foretold in the book of Malachi 400 years ago, is about to be born in your family. What do you say to that? Guess what? Zechariah lost the keys. Because when this prophecy is given, when the message is delivered, what does he say? How will I know for certain? Everybody say, come on, man. Come on, Zechariah. You've been waiting for this opportunity. You have been praying for this petition, and you have been studying this Old Testament prophecy, and now your mouth is closing the door. Tell your neighbor, don't lose the keys. Has that ever happened to you? It's not an altar call. This is just an honest conversation. Has that ever happened to you? When you finally stand in the presence of answered prayer, you had better have your mouth in alignment with the word of God. Same thing happened to Israel. Israel was on the banks of the Jordan River. God had already given them possession of the land. God had already given them the promised land. And what happened? They, they came to the border of, of the promised land and then they opened their mouth. And they started saying, we can't. They're too big. We're going to be a sack lunch for them. They're going to destroy us if we try to go in there. And their mouth kept them out of the promised land. And not just for 40 years. That's how long it took for God to kill them. Their mouth kept them out of the promised land permanently. And now Zechariah is about to have the same problem. But Zechariah is about to experience the mercy of God because God does not slay Zechariah and he does not destroy uh, this man's promise, but rather the angel makes him mute for nine months. Listen to what the word of the Lord says from the angel. He said, how will I know for certain? I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. In other words, if you don't understand what that means, he says, boy, do you know who I am? I just came not from the holy place and not from the holy of holies. I stand in the presence of the throne room of the living God. And the only reason I'm here is because God sent me. God has spoken. And he said, behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Listen, I see here the mercy of God. Because rather than God killing Zechariah, he just put him on mute. Because sometimes what God wants to do is bigger and more important than your mouth. And I would say this, Lord, if my mouth is going to get in the way of you opening doors that you want to open, then help me to shut my mouth. And only speak those words which agree with God. Only speak those words that declare the power and the purpose of God. Listen, our mouth can talk us out of the blessing of God. Our mouth can talk us out of the promised land. Our mouth can talk us out of the fulfillment of the promise of God. La boca de Zacarias ahora quedará muda por nueve meses para que no intervenga con el propósito de Dios. Dios está tan determinado que esta puerta se va a abrir, que él está dispuesto a cerrarle la boca a Zacarías hasta que él esté dispuesto a usar la llave de su boca para abrir y no cerrar. Listen, this is very clear and direct message from God for Kingsway Church and for the body of Christ at large. You need to put your mouth in agreement with the word of God. Es tiempo de poner nuestra boca en conformidad con la palabra de Dios. I got two amens. I said you need to put your mouth in agreement with the word of God. Fill your mouth with faith. Llena tu boca de fe. Zechariah would not speak again until the day that John was born. You know who this is, right? This is John the Baptist. And the Bible says that when that baby was born, he was born in the house of Elizabeth, a a woman advanced in age, and a man who was old, a priest who had come to the end, perhaps, of his career as a priest, but whom God had honored. And he silenced him for that season so that he wouldn't intervene in what God was trying to do. Listen, sometimes God has to work below the radar so that we don't mess it up with our mouth. But if we'll learn to agree with God, it will learn to use the key of our mouth, We will find that what God says is true. He says, open your mouth and I will fill it. I am going to speak through you. I am going to give you the right word for the right time and the right season. Dios dice, abre tu boca y yo la llenare. And when John the Baptist was born, they looked around and said, what is the baby going to be called? And uh, Zechariah opened his mouth and he said, his name shall be John And everybody was surprised by this because they hadn't heard him speak for nine months. But it took him that long to get an agreement with God. Come on, somebody. You don't need nine months. Listen, you don't have nine months. God has given you one month to get an agreement with what he's trying to do and what he's going to do because 2020 is going to be a door-busting year for the household of faith. Come on, somebody. You've got to align your mouth with the word of God. The Bible says, is not my word like a fire, and like a hammer which shatters a rock? Dice la escritura, no es mi palabra como fuego, como un martillo que quebranta la peña. God has put his word in our mouth. Dios ha puesto su palabra en nuestra boca. First of all, he's given us the Bible. Nos ha dado la palabra de Dios, la Biblia. The word of God should be in our mouth. La palabra de Dios tiene que estar en nuestra boca. This is not a time for cants. I can't, I won't, I'm not able, I'm too old, I'm not smart enough. No, this is a time to agree with God. What does God say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does God say? He he sent his word and he healed all of their diseases. What does God say? My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Come on. Align your mouth with the word of God. I'm going to give you some homework tonight. Oh, man. Why did I have to come to church? I don't want any homework. Can I give you some homework tonight? God is calling us for the next month to be praying about the things he wants to accomplish next year in our life. And as you begin to pray about those things, you start looking for scripture that is in agreement with what God is going to do in this next year. And then you start praying those scriptures. You start memorizing those scriptures. Fill your mouth with them. I said, fill your mouth with them. Put them everywhere you need to put them. If, if you need to see them, then see them. But you need to make sure that your mouth comes into alignment with the word of God. That your speech comes into alignment with God's purpose and plan for your life and for your family. God has given you his word for a reason. Dios ha dado su palabra con, un gran, con una gran razón. When Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus did not quote uh, Shakespeare. He didn't quote Freud. He didn't quote the Constitution of the United States. He quoted the word of God. He said, it is written. And if you will fill your mouth with the word of God, you will see the word of God manifested in your life. Say amen, somebody. God's word in your mouth is a powerful key. The second thing that God has given to you is he has given to you the Holy Spirit. And that baptism in the Holy Spirit has given you the ability to pray in a new tongue. Listen, it is no accident that when God poured out the Holy Spirit, he gave them the ability to speak in a new tongue. Because what God was going to do in that era and in that time required a people whose mouth was filled with the power of the word of God. When he gave you the ability to pray in tongues, when he gave you the ability to pray in the spirit, this was not so that you could show off and be the loudest person. No, he wants you to use that thing to break down doors and barriers and to bring freedom in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. So when you hear me say, pray in the spirit. That's not a time to say, well, I really don't feel it right now. I'll sing another song. Maybe I'll get the feels. No, you don't need the feels. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Open your mouth. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows how to pray. He helps our weakness. Because we do not know how to pray. Romans chapter 8, this is Romanos, capítulo 8, que el Espíritu Santo ayuda nuestra debilidad porque no sabemos orar. So you and I don't know how to pray because we don't know everything. We don't have all the facts. We don't have all the details. We don't have all the information. But the Holy Spirit does. I said, The Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit has all the facts. The Holy Spirit knows all the details. The Holy Spirit knows all the information. And he knows the mind of God. And so when you and I pray in the Spirit, we are praying the very mind of God. We are praying the very will of God into our lives. When we pray in the Spirit, the, the Spirit of God helps our weakness. He makes up for what we don't know, for what we don't have. And he opens doors in our life that we could not open on our own. So this month, you need to be praying in the Spirit like you haven't prayed in a long time. You need to pray in the Spirit because it is a key that God has given to you. And when he He gives you that key, it is for a purpose. The Bible said that in the day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit gives nothing just because. The Spirit always has a purpose. He has a reason. And when you and I align our word with the word of God and we fill our mouth with the prayers of the Spirit, we are going to see the manifestation of the purpose of God in our life. Today, God is calling you to begin to pray in the Spirit to use the key that he has given to you so that you can accomplish Things by prayer that could not be accomplished otherwise. And things that would take a lot longer to accomplish, he will accomplish through you in a shorter period of time. As you pray in a spirit and you align yourself with the word of God. This is what the Bible says in the book of Isaiah. He said, with stammering lips and other tongues, I will speak to my people. And it will be a refreshing to them. When you pray in the spirit, it brings refreshing. It restores your soul. It brings freedom. And sometimes when we pray in the spirit in our private prayer time or in a public setting, uh, we do so and we sense the presence, power, and provision of God. Nothing has changed. The bills are still due. The boy is still lost. But the spirit changes. Refreshing comes, help comes, power comes because you are now praying the very mind and will of God. Is this a key or not? You see, so what you're trying to do by forcing a door open, by praying in the natural, God will do like that if you pray in the spirit. Say amen, somebody. Number three, he's given you control over your mouth. He's given you the Bible, he's given you the Holy Spirit, and he's given you control. Everybody say this with me, I have control. You know how powerful your mouth is? You have control over your mouth. If Zechariah had exercised control over his mouth, he would have been better off that day saying nothing at all. Instead he said, how will I know for sure? are glad pastors don't have that power? The whole church will be mute for nine months. You have control over your mouth. And this is why it's important to exercise that control. Proverbs 12, verse 18, it says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but a tongue of the wise brings healing. You have healing in your mouth. You can heal relationships with your words. The same relationships you hurt with your words, you can heal with your words. Say amen, somebody. If Sarah brought her in, Sarah can take her out. And if you spoke it with your words, you can heal it with your words. Proverbs 21, 23. It says, he who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from trouble. Dice Proverbio 21, 23. El que guarda su boca y su lengua guarda su alma de la aflicción. You can guard your soul by guarding your mouth. Psalm 141, verse 3. It says, set a guard, O Lord. Here it is, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Listen to what the psalmist says. He says, God, put me on mute when you need to so that I don't lose what you want to bring into my life. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Dice el salmista, en el Salmo 141, verso 3, pon una guardia sobre mi boca, oh Jehová, y guarda la puerta de mis labios. ¿Qué está diciendo el salmista? No dejes que mi boca me cierre las puertas. You know how Adam and Eve lost the Garden of Eden? Their mouth. So God is telling us today, I have some things I want to do in 2020. Put your mouth in alignment with the word of God. Psalm 39 verse 1, I said I will watch my ways so that I will not sin with my tongue. And I will guard my mouth with a muzzle as long as the wicked are present. Why would the psalmist say these things over and over again? ¿Por qué diría el salmista en el Salmo 39, verso 1, "Yo guardaré mis caminos para no pecar con mi boca"? Y guardaré mi boca en la presencia de el impío. And then in Psalm Proverbs, uh, pardon, In Proverbs 13, verse 3, it says, He who guards his mouth protects his life, but the one who opens his lips invites his own ruin. The Bible says that your mouth is like a rudder for a ship. You have a, a large ship is guided by a small rudder. Un barco grande es guiado por un timón pequeño. The ship of your life is guided by the rudder of your mouth. El 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 barco de nuestra vida es guiado por el timón de nuestra boca. Entonces, ¿qué tenemos que hacer? Tenemos que llenar nuestra boca de vida. What must we do? We must fill our mouth with life. Life-giving words tenemos que llenar nuestra boca con palabras llenas de vida speak life over your children life over your marriage life over your church life over your city life over our nation speak life habla vida proclama vida sobre tu familia sobre tu matrimonio sobre tu iglesia sobre tu ciudad sobre esta nación proclama vida because that power is in your mouth. Listen, how powerful the mouth is. Jesus said that if you will believe, you will say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done according to your word. Tan poderosa la boca que Jesús dijo en Marcos capítulo 11, verso 23, si creieres, le dirás a esa montaña Muévete será movida de sus raíces y puesta en el mar. Imagine how powerful the mouth is that Jesus says, if you will put faith in your mouth, you can speak to mountains and remove them in the name of Jesus. He didn't say push the mountain out of the way, he said speak to the mountain. Do you have a mountain in your life? Do you have some things that need to be moved out of the way? Do you have some places that you want to possess? Come on, I know I do. I have some dreams that are bigger than me. I have some plans that are bigger than me. But they're not bigger than my faith. And they are certainly not bigger than God. And God says, open your mouth. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Tell it to be removed. Cast into the sea you know, when he's speaking in that context, if you study it closely, he's talking about, he mentions it twice. Once is the mountain of impossibility. The other time is the mountain of unforgiveness. God says you can speak to, un, uh, you can speak to unfriendly feelings in your heart. You can speak to emotions. You can speak to brokenness. You can speak to despair. You can speak to the weight of your, of your broken heart and say, get out of the way. I've got to move forward. And God said, that mountain will be removed. When you speak. Listen. Listen carefully what God is saying. He says, I'm going to take the keys away from people who have had them for a long time. Because there are a lot of believers carrying the keys around, and they just want to show off the keys. They're not using them to build the kingdom of God. They're not using them to do any good. They're not using them to advance the word of God or to win the loss. And God says, I'm about to take away the keys from every person that will not do my will. And I'm going to give them to somebody that will do my will. Somebody that will accomplish my purpose. Come on, somebody. You are that man. You are that woman. God has given you the keys. And he says, I'm going to give you authority to enter into the treasury of God. How many of you would like to enter the treasury? I don't know if you remember, some of you are are too young for this, but there was a cartoon where the duck had a Mr., I don't remember his name, but he had a, a vault full of gold, and he would jump in the vault and swim in the gold. Ducktails, thank you. You remember Ducktails? The rest of you don't know anything about Ducktails. Well, you know, the treasury isn't for that. God doesn't want to give you keys to the treasury so you can go in and swim in the gold. Come on, he has a kingdom he wants to build, he has souls he wants to rescue. He has lives he wants to change. He has sickness he wants to heal. And he wants to do it through you. And he says, I will give you the keys to the treasury. So that whatever you ask in my name will be given unto you. Don't lose the keys. Don't lose the authority by putting words in your mouth. That are not going to build and speak life. There are a lot of misconceptions about this in the household of faith. Some people think they can go lay hands on somebody else's car and confess it as theirs. No, that's not how it works. You can't do that. You have to you have to discern what is God giving to me, what is my inheritance. What is my portion? What is my provision? And then walk by faith and speak by faith until it manifests in your life. Come on, somebody. When you find yourself in front of a mountain or a dream or a plan, do your homework. What does God want to bring into my life in 2020? And then you go find the word of God. And start to proclaim God's word over your life. I said proclaim God's word over your life. How many of you have something you want from God? I mean big stuff. Important stuff. Listen, if you want a spouse, find Bible verses about finding a spouse. Nobody said amen. If you want to see salvation in your home, find the Word of God that speaks about the household salvation. If you want to see financial provision in your life, then speak God's Word over your finances. Because you have the keys. Are you listening well? You have the keys. Why do I have to keep saying that? Because a lot of Christians believe, well, if somebody would just come around here who had the keys, if Benny Hinn would just come into town and bring his keys, then I could get my miracle. No, the miracle is in your mouth. I said the miracle is in your mouth. Say that with me tonight. The miracle that I need, the provision that I need Is in my mouth. I will declare the word of the Lord. I will speak to my mountains and I will see them move. I will declare the blessing of God and I will see it manifested in my life because God has given me the keys. Come on, stand up on your feet. I want you to come into this altar. And I want you to begin to align your mouth with the Word of God. First thing I want you to do, come on. Come on, first thing I want you to do is say, Lord, if there's been anything in my mouth that doesn't please you, doesn't honor you, that shuts doors, I repent and i cast it down right now. And began to pray the word of God. Began to pray in the spirit. This is a year. When doors are going to open. Because of the miracle in your mouth.